friends of Brolock, I bid you welcome. Good evening, lords and ladies. Now I have a question. Do you all believe in portals, other dimensions, other worlds? Are all turning things gates into these worlds? Well, that's the question of questions, is it not? It was written by H.P. Lovecraft's fictitious character, later reinvented by occult author Donald Tyson, the mad Arab Abdul Alhazred, author of the infamous Necronomicon, also known as the mad poet of Sana'a, who in 700 AD explored and excavated the Arabian desert and its hidden secrets in the subterranean underworlds. And I'd like to quote a passage from the Necronomicon revised by author Donald Tyson. And I quote, All turning things are gates. That which turns defines a center and opens it. All centers are at unity. To travel through a gate, you must go to the center and return from it. Yag sothoth is the way. I give you his seal. Use it to open the gates. He bent down and drew a symbol in the sand. I stared at it. He recited words in an obscure tongue, harsh and guttural to my ears. The sand began to turn beneath my gaze, and a black pit opened. I felt it tug at me like a hungry mouth. With a cry of dismay, I tried to pull back from its widening lip, but was drawn into the darkness. End quote. Yes, all turning things are gates. Hmm? Little doth ye world knoweth <laughs> how true this statement is. Well, in a manner, I'm going to tell my friends of Roloch tonight uh, some of my personal stories and let you decide what it is that I have experienced are these encounters with the paranormal, the supernatural, are they truly gateways into other worlds, portals to unseen realms of wondrous and at times horrifying vistas of reality? Well, I don't think that they're so horrifying. Much to the bewilderment of the writers of horror sci-fi. Many of us remain skeptical. Well, don't be so certain. These whirlpools of the netherworld can pop into your life without warning. And they're not always foreboding of dark tidings. No, the world of the supernatural can weave into the fabric of reality a series of events so undeniably real, that at times we cannot fathom how it is that the world today still believes all of this is somehow mere coincidence. And I'm talking about the paranormal. Let's see what you make of it. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let us begin. Well, I remember a time that I'd never seen anything even 
minutely resembling a UFO or cosmic frisbee. <laughs> Uh, okay, Flying Saucers was sort of an amusing sci-fi idea floating around for a number of years among so-called eyewitnesses of alien spacecraft and weird cults. I mean, those of you old enough, uh, my age nearing 50, you probably remember those uh, TV shows uh, purportedly real with a character who called himself Marshall Applewhite. And sadly, later on in time, he took his following into a death trap, and everyone following him uh, took a vial of poison, and they died. You know, it was a UFO cult at the time. Well, I simply did not believe any of them, and I'd never seen a UFO at the time. Of course, today, that's all changed for me. Why? Well, because my wife and I, one day, we're stuck at the intersection in a traffic jam in Costa Mesa, California. Any of you who have ever driven through Costa Mesa 3 p.m. in the afternoon will know that, you know, traffic can get pretty congested. Well, there was this silver disc with a sort of dome cap on top which hovered over the traffic. So we saw clearly evidence of a flying saucer of some kind. Hey, it was kind of amazing that most people didn't notice this thing. Uh, they were all sort of like, you know, other drivers just looking, staring forward. And my wife and I were like pointing, going, hey, you guys see that UFO? And people probably thought we're crazy. Just ignore those guys. It was, it was good fun, you know. Saw my first flying saucer. and Made me feel a whole lot better that my wife was with me. So I didn't, you know, think I was missing a few screws <laughs> hallucinating or something but um, anyway whomever built it whomever was piloting that flying saucer I have no idea never saw it again in any event the supernatural however is something that I grew up with so I had very little difficulty in accepting the presence of the invisible world and I think that's true with a lot of people today with all of the uh, smartphone videos, people have captured shadow people, and all manner of paranormal activity. But for me, the supernatural was literally knocking at my door, stalking my footsteps, and making its presence known to me no matter how hard I tried to shut it out of my life. At first, I ran from it. I buried my little head under the pillows, locked the bedroom door. I tried to keep a light on to ward off the strange and unknowable visitations at night. Yeah. But then, as I grew accustomed to the presence of the invisible, I discovered these things, whatever they were, were in some way natural and that they did not mean me any harm. Rather, quite the opposite became true for me. As soon as I started to recognize and accept that these things are real and have an open mind, these things started to work to help me. You know, it was exceedingly rare that any kind of an entity ever harmed me. Now, that did happen a couple of times, but in those kind of experiences, I really had myself to blame. Uh, usually for being careless 
unprepared and getting involved in another person's uh, paranormal difficulties where they had an entity that didn't belong to me and follow me home and cause some trouble. But I digress. What I found most compelling in my life and very interesting at the very least about this world of the supernatural is something that we're all familiar with the term portal or dimensional door, gateway, thresholds. And this is really what I wish to talk with you about tonight. So, lean closer, grab yourself a hot cup of coffee, and let's get started talking about these experiences, very real experiences that I've had. And no doubt, some of you listening tonight have had some interesting encounters of your own. You know, the first time I had heard of something like a portal, I believe that was when, uh, well, it was back in the, either the late 1970s or early 80s, when one evening, after having dinner with my aunt, she went home and my mother told me about an event that they had both had in their childhood where my aunt had heard a whirring buzzing noise under her bed and so she traced the sound underneath to just underneath her bed and reached her hand down there into blackness and stared into this you know just this void which sort of began tugging at her hand now i, ne I never heard anything more about this story and i think my aunt was reluctant to speak of it you know for obvious reasons but years later in my teens I ended up encountering something like a portal. I was going into the garage to do a workout. Back then, I used to enjoy pumping iron for an hour or two, get myself trim and fit for the ladies, you know. And uh, as I passed by the bench, I was going to pick up some dumbbells and put it all together, and I noticed a strange coolness in one area of the garage. Now, it was a hot day. The garage was very warm inside, but there was this undeniable cool spot in the air. And it seemed that this cool spot owned this space all to itself. By that, I mean the spot was not near the ceiling. It was not near the floor. It wasn't anywhere near the wall or any equipment. It was just sort of hovering there. I thought, that's kind of odd, so I moved my hands around to inspect it, and at point, at length, I should say, I found what seemed like an opening, sort of like a mouth going into another space within a space, and that baffled me. I, I had never experienced anything like this before. I thought that these were all just stories, you know, sort of like the UFOs. Uh, flying saucers that I would later encounter. I thought they were all just stories. I didn't realize that these are real. So, I basically experienced a portal in the garage of some kind. And I later decided to give it, you know, a test to see if these portals influenced my psychotronic equipment. Because at that time when I was a teenager, I was studying under the masterful mentor of psionics, I was his first student actually at that time, his name is Charles Cosimano, I had come up with an idea of how to innovate 
is amplifying pattern and make something called a telepathy node or tele-rod. And I, I placed this telepathy node in the garage around that portal. And while the results were very spectacular, that's something of a subject outside the scope of tonight's story. But I did write about it in my book. It's called The Metaphysics of Self-Mastery, if you're curious about how to use various magical sonic arrangements for experimenting with portals and telepathy. So you might want to check that out. Uh, but in any event, I thought I'd never encounter another phenomenon like this ever again. And I occupied my time, of course, with ordinary life, you know, going to school and all that. And I just sort of brushed off the portal thing as a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And yet, in the back of my mind, I kept thinking that perhaps this void that I had experienced, some kind of a portal, was not entirely a per-chance encounter. Well, a period of years passing proved that this was indeed the truth. So, I had a lot of things that were going to start happening for me. <laughs> Little did I know. For my busy life, I did come again into contact with yet another portal. This one, however, was very different from the first one. So, let me tell you what happened next. Are you listening closely? Okay, here's what happened to me. I was working a community cleanup volunteering job at a ranger station not too far from where I lived. And back then I enjoyed getting outside doing a lot of physical work, you know, back when I was young and active. So I spent a, an entire day volunteering, about 10 or 11 hours raking leaves, bagging litter around the ranger's park. And when I came home, I decided, you know, after a hot day of work to lie down on the sofa in the living room of my parents' condo, my mother went, you know, said, hey, you want me to make you a nice cola? And I said, sure, I'll lie down on the couch and relax for a bit. Put my feet up on the sofa. And then unexpectedly, some kind of a phenomenon manifested before me. You know, and I shook my head, rubbing my eyes to ensure that I wasn't hallucinating what it was that I saw. So, what was it that I saw? Well, I can describe it for you. I saw a doorway open in midair before me. Now, hovering there above the sofa, you know, maybe like a couple feet above my knees, was shaped something like a diamond-shaped opening in that space there in the air. There was within the gateway a brilliant white light, and this light also had a being, some kind of a creature within it, and at first my eyes couldn't really recognize what it was I was seeing because of the, the way this being was formed. Uh, and, and in a little while, my eyes sort of uh, fixed on it. And my, my brain started to interpret what I was seeing. So I saw something that was made out of pure angles, uh, uh, geometry. There were, there were no curves in this entity. It didn't have any round features at all. Uh, it had two slits, black slits for eyes, and it stood there at an instrument panel, uh, an instrument panel which resembled sort of like a podium, you know, something that you would stand at while giving a speech or something. 
And we sort of just stared at each other for a time. And then this portal closed with sort of a zip and popping sound, and it, and it was gone. I never saw that portal again. Never saw it again, and it just, it mesmerized me. And it frustrated me because I wanted to know so badly what that was. And I think not knowing what it was, you know, having this possibly perchance encounter really whetted my interest in pursuing psionics as a possible means of exploring the, uh, the paranormal. Now, the strangest of portals I have thus far encountered is one which I'm about to share with you next. And this is really the weirdest one because this type of portal I have seen more than once. All right, so I think it was back in about 2003. I had fully mastered meditation by the age of uh, 30-ish. And, of course, I started working at meditation at the age of about six or seven. Uh, began with my mother. Uh, and uh, Then I, I went on to learn psionics from the master Charles Cosimano, I think in 1991 or 1992. And I had a personal yoga teacher. Um, his name was Vincent McCall. He also taught Tai Chi, and I learned from him. But uh, when, I hit the, when I reached about the age of 30, um, I had full confidence in my ability to meditate and sort of go my own way. So I was engaged in my own magical activities, which were rather simple at the time, very straightforward meditation, focused concentration, and you know a little bit of psionics machinery to work with. Well, at the time, I'd been meditating on, I believe it was the lottery numbers one afternoon. And that's always good fun to give that a try. I mean, you hit three out of six numbers uh, multiple weeks in a row, and you, you know something's going on, right? Well, I was doing that when I heard a whirring noise above me. And, of course, that sound instantly triggered the memory of my aunt, who had heard a buzzing, whirring noise and discovered a portal under her bed. Well... I broke out of meditation to look toward the direction of this whirring noise, which brought my eyes to the ceiling. And it astonished me to see a mass of tentacles, which were, oh my God, this thing was made out of shadow. Not any kind of material matter or energy that I was familiar with, you know, ever. But because I was in a meditative state, or rather, coming out of meditation, I didn't break into a panic or anything or jump out of my seat. I just kind of calmly watched this spinning visage of shadow tentacles form a whirlpool of grayish darkness on the ceiling. Then what happened is uh, these tentacle things, uh, shadow tentacles, pulled into itself. In a few seconds, the portal made a sucking sound and devoured itself into nothing. So, where the portal had been, I saw now only the popcorn texture of my apartment's vermiculite ceiling, and nothing there ever manifested again. 
during that same year which I experienced the uh, shadow portal, I was also engaged in a series of phone conversations with my old former mentor in psionics, Charles Cosmano, and we were collaborating on a book about psionic vampires. Uh, I think that book was eventually published by Charles, and then uh, and that, that had to do with remotely transferring energy uh, from one place to another to usually to pro prolong life or have extra magical powers and ability. And I suppose that kind of has something to do with portals. But later I discovered the power of virology, which completely makes the methodology of vampirism really unnecessary. Is, is the method to gain abundance of life-giving vitality is already available to those of us whom learn how to mentally entreat the runes, as author Robert Blumetti clearly shows us in his book, Vril the Life Force of the Gods. In any event, my experiences with portals during that time led me to look into my own private experiments with uh, psionic portals. Yeah, so that's where we get into the real meat of tonight's podcast, psionic portals. So I delved into using thought forms, um, something that some magicians call constructs, to cause portals to manifest, temporarily of course, and I being practical, I crafted my first psionic portal as sort of a thought form which would open an invisible route or pathway in front of my car to allow me to beat traffic, uh, sort of get around the element of space-time and work ahead of the clock. And it worked. I named the thought form Temporal Passage, and I used that for a number of years, you know, whether it was going to work, groceries, heading to the DMV, or what have you, and it would curve my commuting time. What's more interesting, however, is that my work in Sonic Necromancy has led me to open portals for those dead patriots, champions of history, great geniuses and heroes of old to enter and give aid to our people in our times, challenging times, albeit. These methods are included in my book, Sonic Necromancer, and this is most fitting because the world of portals does belong to the neither world, and in some cases the so-called infernal realms, where the runes were first withdrawn from the underworld in the smoke-stained red hands of Odin, which, as legend has it, Odin then gave his, this knowledge to his kin, and over the thousands of years passing, the runes are today common knowledge, even to the remotest corners of the uninitiated majority of magic users, magicians, witches, and wizards. So. Every story has a beginning, as it is said, right? You know, in all of my years of experiencing the supernatural, and in particularly the territory of gateways, portals, dimensional doors, and all constructs which bridge the various realms through the thresholds of the earth, I think that our imagination, if so applied, does indeed bring us into contact with more paranormal activities. The external world is rather like an elaborate dream, albeit a consistent dream, 
but the power to change this roadmap of our experiences lies within the power of our own minds. And you know, the greatest power within our own minds is indeed our ability to imagine, to project and then craft what we imagine into actual reality. Just look at society around you. It is all going to begin with imagination. Magic makes this not only more likely to manifest, but also very cost-effective throughout the entire process of manifestation. Psionic magic is even more powerful, relatively inexpensive to operate the forces which run the universe and the invisible world, which is indeed the power source, the invisible world, of all that we experience, see, hear, taste, and touch, and smell in this life experience. It all stems from the power of the invisible planes wherein the thresholds are existing, the technicians of the supernatural. Well, what is supernatural to us? The good news is that we ourselves are indeed technicians of the supernatural because we embrace the power of our minds, our imagination, and a bit of training in psionics to accomplish our own desired manifestations in our life. But, what does the world of imagination have to do with portals? And what does it all have to do with psionic necromancer? Hmm? Well, I'm going to tell you about the connection here. First off, all of the things of which the greater majority of people have been raised, brought up to be afraid of, are indeed the friends of the magician, tools of the poet instruments of the artist and the magician, even the inspiration behind the dreams of architects and engineers, the artwork of computer graphic specialists and filmmakers, and so on. It all comes from the power of imagination. What I'm telling you, my friends, is that this world of, of very real power is yours. You're already right here in it. We need only learn to navigate it and learn to influence the invisible powers. It makes our lives so much better. I mean, have you ever gone around in life trying to find a way to fill that void? little drink to take the edge off, but the next day that hole that you tried to fill is just bigger. Well, I felt and experience that magic and psionics fills that hole rather permanently for me. My methods make it all very simple and easy to accomplish dreams and manifest desires. It didn't sink into my mind entirely about psionics being truly a power of the mind until after I read a story of fiction from a fan author in the circle of Lovecraftian authors, those people writing stories based off of H.P. Lovecraft's work. And I do now forget the name of the author, but I do remember the title. It's a very impressive short story called H.P.L. But I'll share with you my memory of having read this story real quick here. In the story, there is a nephew of H.P. Lovecraft, of course, in the story, the modern world believes Lovecraft is dead, but the nephew 
visits his uncle Lovecraft in secret. And he learns his story about when he was very ill and everybody thought he died, but then how he had lain in the hospital dying. And when he took a chance on his deathbed to apply his own imagination by thinking of his monsters such as Cthulhu and other imagined demons, when suddenly there in the ceiling manifested a portal, an opening gate, and a magnificent alien eyeball peered down upon the soon-to-be-dead Lovecraft. Long story short, HPL is saved on the deathbed by his own creations which came from, you guessed it, his imagination. And in my own reality, this I have found to be true for me. And true for my students. It is a very real power in psionics to amplify our imagination into reality. Now, add to this power of the psionic necromancer. It's a paperback book full of everything we need to really get psionics going and take advantage of the invisible world. And all that we feared as passive viewers of the elite's Hollywood becomes as laughable as a circus sideshow. Because we discovered that the invisible world, while it has some predators just like any other reality, indeed is populated by those minds which would love to do nothing more than help human beings with real world problems and manifest our desires for us. This is very, very true. The question I leave you with, my friends, is whether or not you wish to own your destiny. That is, making your dreams a reality. And if you want to be, you know, the alternative is to be owned by the controllers of the big cinema of cosmic horror, which plagues the minds of millions, leading us into fear and doubt. That disempowers people. I'm here to tell you the invisible realm is like, you know, it's kind of like a shopping mall. We might use that analogy. You know, you might bump into other people, but they're not out there to get you. They're simply going about their own business. But what is different in the invisible realm? Well, everything you think of in the invisible realm is more transparent. Thus, it is far easier for those whom populate the invisible realm to see into your heart and your mind, read your thoughts, and help you manifest your dreams. Dreams of fortune, wealth, safety for you and your family, prosperity for the world, and even romantic adventures so much more than any person can do for you in the physical world. That's the power of the invisible world. Well, I'm going to leave this with you to decide for yourself what is best for you. Also, do check out my weekend special discount on Psionic Necromancer to get started taking full advantage of the worlds that H.P. Lovecraft only dreamt of. Well, this concludes our merry little gathering in the hallowed hours this evening. Thank you for joining me tonight on Planet Roloch Psionics Podcast and Friends of Roloch, until next time that we meet up 
as always, keep the magic high. This is Air Doctor Von Vrilok, signing out. <laughs>